Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black Show. I think every night I get reflective on what am I going to talk about the next day. And I think today it's probably fair that I talk a little bit about the Caldor fire and the blazes going on in California. The Caldor fire is just 9% contained. It is eating up firefighting resources. I spoke... <laughs> this is interesting. I was at my uh, kid's soccer practice yesterday. And uh, I met another dad and we introduced ourselves. And I go, I'm Robert. And he goes, what's your last name? He recognized my voice. Shout out to the firefighters. Um, he's a firefighter. He said they all try to get the young guys to invest. And they all go out and buy nice cars. But then we started talking about the Caldor fire. And I was asking, have you ever been in a forest fire? And have you ever fought it? And uh, not his thing. <laughs> He's much more of a suburban knight, so to speak. But the fire and the hazardous air quality has produced a lot of pressure on the tourism industry inside of Lake Tahoe. I have friends that try to end their summer with a weekend up. Um, I have a home in that area. And I've got a friend who has a home in that area who she's probably lost it by now. Um, the fire is hugging Highway 50. It's closed in both directions. Um, it's humbling about how much damage fire can do in this day and age. It's one of the, here's the investment angle insurance, right? Protect what you own. It never really dawned in me as an investor to talk about what does homeowners insurance cover or not when I had a home that wasn't really worth that much. And when I was renting, I definitely didn't think about it at all. But as you start getting older and you start having more things, you go, okay, what does insurance cover? Does it cover if my refrigerator drops water all over the floor and the floor buckles? Um, does it didn't cover the pool cracks? Does it cover, there's questions after questions after questions. So I think the number one thing is you should check your insurance today. Everyone who's listening, should have renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance. And you should probably get a phone call going into your insurance company and say, can you explain a couple things to me? What does my policy cover and not? Um, I always found it ludicrous as a child, growing up, teenager, I'll say, young adult. We didn't hear about New Orleans and hurricanes and say, hear that, oh, flooding's not covered because that's an act of God. Now, I'm not going to attack anyone's opinion on God. Um, but can we get insurance for flooding is what I kind of want. Because that's no fun. I had a home once covered for, well, not covered, but I had a home basically attacked by the rising 
levels of sewage. I was on the bottom level of a condo and I didn't know that was a, a risk that I should get extra insurance just to make sure that if there's a backup and it comes into my home that my rugs and my, my furniture are covered. According to Insurance Information Institute, there were 58,950 wildfires across the United States in 2020. We saw 10.1 million acres damaged and six of California's largest wildfires in recorded history. This was last year. One particular fire in Napa and Sonoma County has caused $2.9 million in damage. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the only the homes we're talking about. So floods cause billions in damages each year, about $20 billion in damages. 40% of all flood claims filed between 2014 and 2018 were from homeowners outside of high-risk flood areas. Flood damage is not covered by a standard homeowner's policy. For flood protection, you need to get separate flood insurance policy, typically through the National Federal Insurance Program. It's called uh, NFIP. Um, and that'll cover $250,000 for the home, $100,000 for personal property. You have to have a 30-day waiting period. It covers damage to things like appliances and cabinets, carpeting, foundation, plumbing, staircases, window treatments, personal valuables. I get why insurance is intimidating to people. And I get why we don't really want to talk about it. Like I said, when I was in my 20s and I had low-cost homes or rentals, I didn't really care. Everything's replaceable, right? Tornadoes. In 2020, there were a total of 1,050 tornadoes. That caused a record-breaking $36 billion in damages. Um, again, record-breaking fires, record-breaking floods, record-breaking tornadoes. How about hurricanes? Big year for hurricanes last year. 12 hurricanes in total made landfall collectively did $37 billion in damages. This year is expected to be above average. Keep in mind, when we go back to wildfires, we're only halfway through the California wildfire season. That's nothing. So the insurance industry, not an industry that I talk about often on the show. Um, I probably should, as historically they've been very good uh, cheap investments. Uh, no, let me say that differently. Value investments. So that you get a big company that makes a lot of money, that shares some of that money with a dividend to you. But it's not going to be sexy and grow as fast as Google. How should homeowners handle a or minimize a high deductible? Insurance is meant to protect against larger claims and not as a maintenance program. Low deductibles cost more and encourage clients to submit smaller losses. I typically go with a higher deductible. I like the lower cost of it, and I don't like using my insurance. I don't know if it's how true this is, but I once was told by friends and family that if you make an auto insurance claim enough times, that eventually they're going to raise your rates. They're either going to figure out you're a bad driver or you park in bad places, that you have the problem, not them. 
So they, they're going to raise your rates. And that always bothered me. One of the things I do when I move into a home, I just moved into a new home, decided that before my kids get to high school, wanted to get them into a new school system that was bigger, um, bigger home. I think there's something to be said for COVID and kids staying at home and trying to upgrade the size of the room. But when I moved into a new home, I instantly did. I got two or three plumbers out to look under the house for water damage. I didn't, did, I didn't do one. I got two. I did the termite checks. I did, um, I saw some water damage from previous, the house is slightly on a hill. I saw some water damage and I fixed it because it's been damaged once, it'll be damaged again. Anywhere I see weak or rotting boards, I fix them. I trim trees. I secure all things that I can secure. Um, improve the shutters. I replace anything that's rotting. <clears throat> I look at the roofs flashing. I pay a roofer to come out and look at the roofs flashing because I don't know what I'm looking at. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online, epwealth or robblackshow.com. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com robblackshow.com So let's hit some of the headline news for the day. House Democrats clear the path towards passing a $3.5 trillion budget bill and infrastructure plan. That looks to be moving forward without cohesion between the Republicans and Democrats. Setting up for a contentious 2022 election season. Look how much they spent. Look how they didn't care about you. Look how much they spent. Look how they didn't care about you. We care about you because we didn't spend. We care about you because we did spend. But what's troubling for the Democrats is Biden's popularity is weakening. It looks largely due to events in Afghanistan. So if you were to extrapolate that, it's going to be very tough for the Democrats to control power in Congress. But I don't really know politics, and it's dang early. American Airlines says August revenue weaker than expected because of rising COVID cases. Interesting, right? Elsewhere out there, Ford delays return to work program until January due to a COVID Delta surge. We've heard that pretty consistently at this point in time. Delta is going to raise home insurance. No, I'm sorry, not home insurance. I was just talking about home insurance, but health insurance cost premiums for unvaccinated employees by $200 a month to cover higher COVID costs. I get that. I was a small business owner, and the healthcare costs were crazy. Um, and how much we tried to eat as owners and not pass on to employees, it was getting more and more difficult. And here was a bias. There was one guy who was 50 and healthy and single. And there was one guy who was in his 30s with six kids and a wife. And those were two very different costs. So Delta's a big company. 
And if, you know, those costs of insurance is going to go up if their employees get COVID. I find that one interesting today. Of note, United and Hawaiian Airlines say they will mandate vaccines for employees. Delta Airlines CEO said that we're not going to do that, but we'll jack up another $200 a month on your health insurance premium starting on November 1 if you're not vaccinated. Something tells me more people are going to get vaccinated from all these mandates. Average hospital stay for COVID-19 has cost Delta $40,000 per person. So it's all about the money. It's all about the Benjamins, right? I know you're saying, Rob, please don't smile when you say that. Some other stories of note, Johnson Johnson says its COVID vaccine booster shot generated a promising immune response in early trials. But a study out of the UK did say that COVID protection for the fully vaccinated is waning. Although if you, the fully vaccinated do get sick, they tend to pass through the symptoms much quicker than the unvaccinated. A 12-year-old set is set to earn, I, I almost swallowed my tongue when I read this, $400,000 after about two months of selling NFTs. Wow. We've all heard about the five-year-old YouTube kids who open toys for a living and make ridiculous amounts of money opening toys, and they're just so cute. We've seen the dads who put together the toys who are so frustrated, right? But um, now we have a kid who, based in London, got fascinated with NFTs, where you can easily transfer ownership of an NFT by blockchain. Um, he pixelized some avatars from Minecraft. And let me assure you that these are not high art. These are like 8-bit pixels. Um, and he did whales. So it's digital art. It doesn't cost him a lot of money to make. And he's been banking money, real money. That's just crazy. Um, so I don't know. It's crazy, but the 21st century opens a lot of opportunities for people. And I know what you're saying right now. I'm making $15 an hour at a stinky job. Why am I doing this? I should be doing NFTs. <laughs> right? A couple years ago, and this is funny, because remember what was that, that marijuana boom? That marijuana boom, uh, I saw a lot of people quit their day jobs and try to cash in on selling accessories. Um, one of them invested in a company that I, I can't even explain what it does, but ultimately it puts marijuana in a pill form and then you grind it up and you inhale it or it gets into your cleaner without the smoke or the fire. But he was making good money. It was a drug delivery mechanism. Um, eventually, ultimately, what he was aiming for and trying to get the patents on it. The baby on the cover of Nevermind sues Nirvana alleging child pornography. Um, Spencer Eldon, who was photographed nude as an infant and appears on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album, is suing the band over the image. In the filing, Eden's lawyer claims the image constitutes child pornography, violating federal laws. 
He's seeking $150,000 in damages from each of the 15 defendants. Um, I don't know. I, I think when I see that story, what I'm really trying to get at in explaining to you, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous to say this out loud. We live in a Sioux happy country. Just know that. If you get rear-ended, um, it could be a payday for some. It could be a life of back pain for others. It's really tough to put that into perspective and make sense of it. What's interesting about the guy who's suing Nirvana and basically 15 defendants, including Warner Records, Universal Records, Dave Grohl, Courtney Love, um, and such, he has done multiple poses exactly the same way in the water, nude, chasing a dollar bill. It, it's the, I think you know the picture. It looks like a baby swimming in water and there's a dollar bill in front of it. Probably a statement on you know what sort of society we live in. That even babies are corrupted by money. Nintendo has been a beaten down stock that could turn around. I will try to talk about this one in an upcoming episode or segment. A storied video game company. Uh, weakening sales of its Nintendo flex, flagship Switch console. And it's funny because when you read the video game news, it sounds like the Switch console is doing really, really well. But they've got a lot of assets. That's a company that I believe will be acquired. A company that I would like to see do it would be Apple. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I do work with EP Wealth. You can find out more about me at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. There's many, 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 many ways to approach money, investing, retirement, insurance, and all the ideas. We do this show just to get you on the money track. James Bond actor Daniel Craig says his children won't be receiving his multi-million dollar fortune. Um, I would say if he gives the kids half of his genetics, he's done them a pretty good solid in life, if you know what I'm saying. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare. Patrick O'Hare is with briefing.com, talking big picture, market outlook. How are you doing, Mr. O'Hare? Hi, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. Good to be back with you. Yes. Um, now we're in the dog days of August, or dog days of the summer. Um, just a couple days left, and then we turn our thoughts. We're back to school spending. We're going into the holiday seasons. Um, how how is the market uh, situated at this point in time at the end of summer? Well, the market, which you know we'll categorize as the S and P five hundred, is, is situated at a record high, and. Um, it has started to broaden out a little bit this week in terms of the participation of that move. The, uh, it had been driven by some, some more narrow leadership 
for a while, principally by those mega cap stocks, uh, as we all probably all know them and talk about them in our sleep. You know, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, and Facebook in particular, um, making nice moves. And at nearly a quarter of the S&P 500 market capitalization, as they move up, it just provides a nice layer of underlying support. And now you've got... Um, more stocks jumping on, so to speak, as uh, the market starts to uh, see an improved outlook with respect to the Delta-related COVID cases being you know, possibly at a peak, and therefore uh, some of the reopening momentum that was taken away by the surge in those Delta-related cases uh, coming back. And so you're seeing uh, more cyclical participation now and, and a better showing from the value stocks as well. The topic or the headline from your page one, you do five of them a day week. First thing most of us read in financial media is your stuff. Um, stock market cooling off, cooling off period. Um, do you feel we've been too hot? Do you feel the market will really cool off? Uh, because it's been a what? year of record wildfires, record hurricanes, but also record highs yeah. on the markets. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's all relative in terms of how you think about it. Um, it you know, the market could, could be considered cooling off by only going up, say, 4%, you know, over the next several months. But, uh, you know, when that's on top of a market that's already up nearly 20% year to date before dividends, um, that's still a pretty hot market. But, yeah, I was really just in terms of that title today kind of referring to uh, some of the, the mechanics of the market, if you will, and that, you, you know, yeah, the Russell 2000 was up. 5.1% from last Thursday's lows entering today. So, so in just three sessions, you, you know, you've seen a 5% move for the Russell 2000. And, and what you often see after a big move like that is a bit of a cooling off period because you get uh, some profit taking by some of the, um, by some accounts that certainly aren't uh, as invested in, you know, in a, a long-term view uh, that made a nice gain perhaps and, you know, a stock or an industry or a sector. And so they look to kind of take some of that money off the table. And so I just, just think that, you know, with that hot streak that we've had, that we could see a little bit of cooling off period here. Um, and, and you generally see a little bit of that hesitation when you get a market breaking out to new highs um, on what, you know, some could argue you know, was not the best of news leading to those highs. You may just get a little bit of a hesitation here on the part of new buyers. Um, and then one other element I would add to this discussion is the uh, Bloomberg report today that just talked about the notion that short covering activity was likely a big factor behind the strong gains we've seen, you know, since since Friday. And with that uh, short covering activity probably working itself out now, now you just have a market that kind of left to trade on its own devices and doesn't get that 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 extra boost, so to speak, by the short covering activity. Yeah, that extra boost by the short covering is they've already sold, they have to buy, is the idea. So we got a little bit of a squeeze higher when they covered their positions. Um, let's talk about politics. There's a great headline today where um, Representative McCarthy has said that the Biden agenda will <laughs> be approved over his dead body. And yet he can't really explain how he's going to stop it from happening. Um, very high drama in my opinion. That's when I see things like that. I just tell my kids cool off. You're being too dramatic. Um, are we looking for a dramatic fall with Congress? And I know we've got to get through the budget and we're, we've got two big bills in front of Congress at this point in time. 
high drama, will that create uh, volatility on the stock market? Well, I do think that there is going to be a pretty uh, dramatic uh, legislative period here, certainly in the latter half of September. Um, you have Congress on break until September 20th. And, it, you know, when they come back, you know, they've got this reconciliation matter right in front of them on their plate, uh, as well as the vote on the $1 trillion bipartisan plan. Um, and then there's still the issue of, you know, the debt ceiling and, and, uh, and needing to, to work that out. And um, I think that there's going to be plenty of opposition, uh, certainly to the reconciliation package. Uh, it's not a slam dunk necessarily. Uh, I think the three and a half trillion dollar price tag will ultimately get watered down because Senators Manchin and, and Sima have both basically um, already acknowledged that it's you know it's too high. And um, so the question is, okay, where does it come to? It's not that. Well, it's interesting, you know, not saying they're not going to ultimately vote for a human capital plan. They're just not pleased with what the, the current level of the of the reconciliation plan is. So you could still get a significant multi-trillion dollar human capital plan on top of the infrastructure, the bipartisan plan. But it's all a little uncertain right now. But one thing that the market will have to wrestle with is if if that. Uh, if, if both plans, but certainly if the human capital, a human infrastructure plan does get passed, it will likely involve, uh, you know, higher tax rates for corporations. And so the market's just going to have to get a, its mind around how this plan gets paid for and, and what the ultimate um, payees will be and, and what impact that could potentially have on corporate earnings. So, uh, but the market, you know, as we've talked about, sitting at record highs, knowing that that's all out there on the horizon, right, um, isn't unduly concerned about the, uh, you know, the, the potential resolution there. Um, and so it may just, you know, again, this market may take advantage of this quiet period just to trade again on its own devices and will come back to, you know, get more focused on the implications of, of the passage of a potentially, you know, multi-trillion dollar infrastructure plan, uh, get uh, get more in tune with those implications might be in the latter half of September or the early part of October. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess this is going to be kind of antidotal, but can you talk a little bit about housing prices and stock market prices? And for those who, like my kids, they, ha they don't have a house, they don't have a stock. Or for like a 25-year-old who doesn't have a house or a stock. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, the wealth effect? And I, and I don't know what the question is. I'm just looking for something there because I know a lot of people feel very anxious um, between the haves and mm -hmm. have-nots. Well, I mean, the wealth effect is real for exactly what you, you just said, Rob. I mean, for those that have it, you know, who own a home, who, who have the discretionary income to be able to invest in the stock market. Um, there's no question that uh, individuals like that are, are in better financial shape today because of, of, you know, any number of things, obviously the easy monetary policy, the fiscal stimulus that's helped, you know, kind of um, the, the combination of the two, uh, which has helped, drive excess savings and stronger spending activity and stronger earnings growth and that earnings growth, which is translating to higher stock prices, that makes a difference for, for people invested. But it does, it, it does also add to that, to the, you know, to the wealth imbalance, 
for those who don't have access to or not say access, but don't have the capital to invest in the stock market and and don't own a home. They've they've been, I guess you could say, left behind in that respect and are in more of a penalty box because it's you know, savers uh, are really being penalized right now with these uh, persistently low interest rates and, you know, savings account rates that are practically zero right now. Um, it's not helping anyone when you adjust for inflation. So um, there's, it's a real factor, uh, the wealth effect, and it has both positive and negative implications depending on where you fit within the realm of, of being an asset holder or, or someone who's, who's not. And it's not just the young who are being left out, it's the old who are being excluded. It's um, in my 30s and 40s, low interest rates means low mortgage costs for me. But when my 60s, low interest rates means low savings rates for my cash. Um, problematic, but I don't know if I can, I don't know where I'd go with that. We've got about one minute. Is there anything else that we need to hit today, sir? Well, we do enter, uh, you know, the month of September is is kind of known to be a, a upsetting month <laughs> historically for the stock market. It's actually uh, the worst performing mar- month uh, on average for the stock market, not October, as some people might uh, believe. Um, and we enter this September, obviously, with a lot of on the legislative plate and a market that's trading at, at record highs. But we also have a market that understands that interest rates are still pretty much, um, you know, policy rates are at zero, not going up anytime soon. And interest rates are still very low on a nominal basis. So I suspect amid maybe some bouts of volatility will still write itself with the notion that there's still no better alternative than uh, to be invested in the stock market. And so we might see it continue to, to, to party on. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news. I start my day every day with it. And usually mid to late day, I start perusing some things, start punching in individual stocks, seeing what the research is saying. Great site, great information, great guest, Patrick O'Hare. Great photo of him and his spouse on Facebook this week. Happy to see it. Um, I like seeing happy people. You can find me at Rob Black Show. You can find briefing at briefing.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. So I hinted at this last segment before we got into it with the one, the only, Patrick O'Hare. I love him, by the way. It's, his content is juicy to me. Stephen A. Smith is the highest paid anchor at ESPN, and I don't get it. He just seems like an angry man. Um, I wouldn't pay to watch him. I'd pay to watch Patrick O'Hare. Daniel Craig, speaking of paying to watch, he commands high-figure Hollywood paychecks, typically to the tune of eight figures. He reportedly made $25 million to reprise his role as James Bond in the upcoming No Time to Die. Got a hundred million to appear in the sequels to 2019's *Knives Out*, but he doesn't plan on spending much of that or giving much of that to his kids. Could you imagine if there's an old adage that he quotes um, that if you die a rich person, you failed? He wants to give away his money, which kind of plays off the Andrew Carnegie angle. Gave away 
what in today's money would be about 11 billion, which shows how rich he was because he was able to keep a lot of it too. Daniel Craig thinks it's distasteful to leave his heirs massive amounts of money. Have you thought about this? He's got two children, 29-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter. That's quite a uh, range. His wife, Rachel Wise, also has a teenage son. Um, he wants to get rid of his money before he goes. This is, to me, just odd. Again, we all have, we're all wired differently. That's one of the things I try to say on this show on a regular basis. We're all wired differently. So it, this is not a one show fits all kind of size. But when you take a look at the housing market skyrocketing and the stock market skyrocketing and his salaries have skyrocketed and you go, I wonder if his kids are going to be able to do what he did. So he's got a two-year-old daughter, right? Let's flash forward 20 years from now. He's passed away and uh, he's given away all his money and she's gotten very little to nothing. She might be uh, on a date with a boyfriend and a new James Bond movie will be playing and we'll have some young kid playing James Bond. And she'll go, my dad used to be James Bond. And the guy will be like, what? I just think that's a little on the cruel side. But it's parenting's different. I want to set my kids up for success to be happy with whatever job they pursue. I don't want them to pursue a job to pay bills. I want them to pursue a job to make them happy. But he's different. Adidas. Adidas. Um, hi, Diddly Ho, neighbor. Um, Adidas is coming out with a Simpsons sneaker collaboration. Every now and then you see a collaboration that just doesn't make much sense to you. But I guess there's enough Simpsons fans that people want to wear Ned Flanders shoes. That strikes me as just odd. As if some people have had too much time on their hands. They're very simple looking because he's a very simple neighbor. Um, but that one's going to have to be explained to me or I'm just going to gloss over it and say I didn't learn anything. What? What a franchise that is, The Simpsons. I told you that uh, South Park just got a billion plus dollars. The creators to, to keep going and to sell what they have. A billion dollars for South Park and Simpsons is a billion dollars franchise for sure. Pokemon cards. More and more people are digging into their attics and finding that they have some great cards. Pandemic inspired a surge in buying and selling all manners of collectibles, whether it be fine art, rare coins, currencies. Pokemon cards. Um, my kid is right in the middle of it right now, and it's driving me crazy. It's To me, it's an avalanche of cardboard. And it's, it's I'm like, come on, kid, go outside. Go meet a boy, go meet a girl. Duh. Have a friend. You know, ride a bike. But um, that's getting more and more, you know, people who stayed at home uh, feeling isolated and wanting to reconnect with their childhood. I'm not against high-level, high-end collectibles. Uh, in the best-performing collectibles category, classic cars. And that's kind of a thought that you have every now and then when you're driving down the road and you see someone who's driving this, like, old Toyota truck from the 1960s and you're like, that's a cool-looking vehicle. So I'm not against collectibles. I just I prefer stocks, bonds, and real estate. 
Nintendo. I talked a little bit about them. I want to finish this one. Their stock has had a nasty summer falling 16% since the beginning of July. Ultimately, what's happening with Nintendo is their Switch console. It's four years old. It's not destined for an anticipated upgrade this fall. Nintendo is not spending the money to stay relevant. But they've got two big events on their calendar. One is the launch of Pokemon Unite, a free-to-play multiplayer online game. Um, Pokemon Go made billions and billions and billions of dollars. Billions is a month. People would buy extra Pokeballs on a, their phone <laughs> to catch animals. That's just mind-numbingly stupid, but that's our society, right? Second event after that Pokemon Unite game is the inclusion in the Nikkei 225 stock at average. This is one that makes a little bit more sense for us. It's like when you heard Tesla being added to the S&P 500, people got excited. In my 401k and in your 401k and most people's 401k, there's an option to buy the S&P 500 fund or an ETF or something along those lines, right? So Japan's got something that's similar to the S&P 500. It's called the Nikkei 225. And this should help every time someone buys an EK225 as a savings vehicle for long-term investment. They're picking up a share of Nintendo. I'm not against this story. I think this story is very intriguing. And I would love to see Apple. I own shares of Apple, but that's a franchise. Both of those franchises could really benefit from each other. One's got iconic, lovable characters, and one sells products that play iconic, lovable characters on their hardware. I love Rob Black. That's me. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Uh, find me online at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. Have a question? Reach out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com.